Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and in this episode, we'll be talking about visual stimuli. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. This episode is also brought to you by friends at Pig Lube. Pig Lube brings you the best performance for your firearm by combining high-grade synthetic oil with nanoparticle technology. They also support the 2A community by sponsoring competitive shooters and firearm instructors everywhere. Order some Pig Lube today, and I'm sure you'll be telling your students about it because the unique applicator allows you to use less and then get it where you need it without the waste. Check out their other quality cleaning products and swag at piglube.net and use coupon code FTP20 for 20% off at checkout. Today, I'm joined by Jacob Paulson from concealedcarry.com to talk about the visual stimuli. Welcome, Jacob. How are things going today? Good. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you making time uh, in your busy schedule to come on and uh, talk about visual stimuli. Now, I was listening to the concealedcarry.com podcast and was really intrigued by the topic of visual stimuli versus auditory stimuli because in a lot of cases everything i've done on the on a range has been done by a range a range timer you know go along press a button goes beep and i react to it but you brought up some really really good um discussions um you had a couple uh research studies that you'd read about about the visual stimuli and i think it would be great to share with the instructors out there because it does demonstrate or or really get you start thinking about the differences between hearing a beep and having to see something recognize it and then decide on an action mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't think that we're like you know blowing anyone's mind by telling the listener of this podcast that visual stimuli is important and more common in a defensive situation right like that we're we're more likely to you know come upon a visual go signal um, then we are an auditory one. Oftentimes, it's, it's a combination of both, right? If if some dude, you know, breaks the glass in my house and starts coming through, uh, I both see that that dude's bre- breaking that, that window, and I also hear the shattering of the glass and whatever he might be saying. But certainly, what's, what's really true is that very rarely in life are you going to have a ghost signal that's purely auditory. There's almost always going to be at least some visual component and it's not out of the question that it might be only a visual component. That might be the only component you have. Um, you know, imagine dark parking garage and your know, dude walks toward you. That you know, th- until something comes out of that guy's mouth, your only uh, stimuli is visual. So I don't think that you know that's that's weird or uncommon. And and I also don't think it's completely revolutionary to suggest to firearm instructors that we incorporate visual stimuli, that the problem is how we do it. So let me, let me clarify what I mean. For example, Rob, you have a really cool um, rig that you've built. I've seen, I've seen a video that you posted somewhere once where, for lack of a better term, this is you know, kind of like a tooler drill kind of rig where mm-hmm. you, you kind of have this, uh, this, this target on a stand and it moves on like some sort of sled or rails or something. I can't remember how you built it. Furniture uh, dolly. Oh, there you go on a furniture. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And yeah. so you kind of just it just gets pulled toward the shooter. So they're they're that's a visual stimuli, right? Like they're standing on the firing line, um, they're waiting to see something, and then boom, when it starts moving, that's their go signal. 
Uh, so, so we're not, you know, we also have like, think like moving targets. We have rotating targets, moving targets, targets on swivels um, that are not uncommon in our industry. They're not super common because they're more work uh, and there's more cost to utilize them, especially, you know, for an independent firearm structure that doesn't own a gun range, but they exist. Now, here, here's the, where the rubber hits the road, though, and that is that when it comes down to measuring response time, we always revert to the beep. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, because the one uh, study that you shared with me, I thought was uh, really interesting that, and as expected, the visual stimuli, the people, the, the candidates that they had in this test were noticeably uh, significantly slower from a visual than they were from an auditory standpoint. And just in my own mind, when there's a loud sound, you know, a breaking glass, you know, I, you know, you jump right away, but when you see something, you know, you're driving in a car and you see somebody go through a red light, you know, you're, you're going along, seeing it, you're trying to understand, okay, did they just go through the red light and then having to react to it? So, you know, there's, there's a perceivable additional, much more additional steps that I have to go through before I can decide to do something from a visual versus auditory. I know as soon as I hear, you know, that plate hit the ground, I know something wrong has happened and I got to go get the broom or mop or paper towels, whatever it is in the kitchen to, in order to clean it up versus when I'm driving and I've got to visually see, and I've got to all of a sudden start moving, you know, my foot from the gas to the brake and, and those types of things. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a big, um, big difference there. Yeah. You, you touched on kind of two of the core things, I guess, that we, we learn from the, from the data and the research about this concept of stimuli. Um, So the first one, which you touched on, which is really critical, is that understanding that naturally as humans, all of us react slower to visual stimuli than auditory. Like that's that's just going to be a thing. I'm sure there's some freaks of nature out there that are different, uh, that are outliers, but the research is pretty dang consistent that we all react slower to visual stimuli than to auditory stimuli. This is why, for example, uh, you see a lot of changes now in sports and in, in, in athletics where players are calling out to their teammates uh, in addition, like so imagine, imagine like well, we're on the basketball court and I'm about to throw a ball at you. Your reaction time will be slower if I just chuck the ball at you than if I say something and chuck the ball at you. So, and, and it, thank goodness for athletics and sports because that's where the majority of this research has been performed because, you know, you got millions of dollars on the line to be a high performer. Mm-hmm. So luckily, you know, we were able to benefit from that research. But yeah, without question, people are slower to respond to auditory stimuli. Now here, here though, is, is the other key thing that you need to understand but that, the, that the research tells us. And that is that when you train, um, to, if, you, if you practice in you know, speeding up your reaction time to one of those types of stimuli, it does not impact your reaction time to the other type of stimuli. So if I go out on a, on a range in a very practical way and I'm working with an instructor or on my own and I'm using a shot timer with a, with a go signal beep, okay, and I stand there and, you know, I get the, the command, right, should already stand by, beep, and I go for the gun night and I deploy. If I do that a lot, if I get a lot of repetitions doing that, I'm going to get faster doing it. My, I'm going to be able to cut down my reaction time. There's no, there's just no question about that at all. And and in doing that, it's going to, it's go, I'm going to be faster at reacting to any sort of auditory stimuli when I practice reacting to auditory stimuli. But unfortunately, that has no impact on how quickly I react to a visual stimuli. Mm-hmm. In order to speed up 
how quickly I react to a visual stimuli, I must practice reacting to visual stimuli. And that's where the rubber hits the road in this conversation is we have to understand that I can work all day long with my students and I can help them react quicker to a beep, but I'm actually not helping them be faster at reacting to a visual stimuli at all until I work that particular skill with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's very interesting because in a lot of cases, um, in firearm training, everything builds upon itself. You know, we go along and practice the draw. We we practice, you know, being able to put that first shot on target, and that builds upon everything. But in what you just said, between the visual and the auditory, there's a, there's a definite difference there to where we need to do them both equally, you know, well, or practice them equally because just doing one of them doesn't mean that it's that we can build upon it and get any better with the other one. No, no, it doesn't. Um, now, th- there's good news here. The good news is that there's th- there's a lot of ways that we can practice reacting to visual stimuli in life outside of a gun range, right? We can we can practice that in lots of ways. We can play sports. Uh, sports mm-hmm. have a ton of visual stimuli. Um, we can do a lot of other things. And so practicing reacting to a visual stimuli quickly will increase your speed at reacting to visual stimuli in other arenas. But it's still critical that we reinforce it and apply it with the gun uh, in order for it to feel natural and, and fast and smooth. So we got to do that. Now, again, the problem is as, as an industry, traditionally, and I'm, I'm setting us up for a, a punchline of the joke here, but traditionally, um, we have plenty of ways of creating visual stimuli, um, but we always end up reverting back to the beep because we want a timer to measure performance. But, but I mean, think like, I'll go as old school as this, clay pigeons. You know, we've been shooting clay pigeons with a shotgun for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that may not be something we traditionally do in a defensive context, but it, again, just goes to show like there are lots of ways we do practice reacting to visual stimuli as shooters. Um, I mentioned the turning, you know, the spinning targets. We talked about the drill that you do, where you pull the target toward uh, the shooter on a on a on a dolly or on a sled or whatever it might be. Um, so there's, there are things we do. I've seen instructors who will use a laser pointer. So they'll say, "Okay, look at this target, and when you see the red dot uh, pop on the target, I want you to shoot that target." And they maybe even have uh, you know like some sort of like uh, what I call multi-command target to keep it generic, uh, where there's numbers or letters or shapes or something. And so not only do you have to react when you see the laser, but I want you to shoot the target that the red dot is on. And so they'll use a laser pointer. So there's, there's lots of ways, and all of that's good, by the way, like not to say bad about any of those techniques, but you can't measure any of them to a, to a timer, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, like, it's just no, I can't, like what am I going to like use a stopwatch and just try and hit start and hit, hit my laser pointer at the same time. And then when they, when they, you know, when I hear the shot break, I'm going to hit stop. Like it, the side, like it's just never going to be precise. And obviously when we're talking about sometimes things that are under a second, um, microseconds matter when we're talking about being precise and trying to measure performance. And so that's, that's where, you know, we have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any, um, in the research you've done and, and, drills um that you know i know you said that doing other other uh, sports will help with the visual but is there any specific drills that uh, help more than other drills when it comes to increasing your visual reaction time um so i'll mention one that's very uh specific uh, to the self-defense world that I think is super valuable. So Brian and Shelly Hill, which they'd be great guests on this podcast one day, they run a, a business called The Complete Combatant. 
They're based out of Georgia, very notable firearm trainers and amazing humans, in my opinion. They also have a separate website and product that they sell called Image image-based decision drills. The, the, the website might just be that, imagebaseddecisiondrills.com, I'm not sure. Um, but, but their kind of whole concept is this idea that uh, we, as, a, as, a, as a community, we tend to practice the skill of, of operating the gun pretty well, but we don't tend to practice the skill of making a decision to operate the gun very well. And so they have this, this thing they call image-based decision drills and, and think of it like a, 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 a stack of papers, uh, and, and each of these papers has an image on it. And so you're, you know, you're kind of standing, think of, kind of like a firing line kind of concept. And they drop one of these images on you. And the image could be someone in a hoodie in a dark corner walking toward you. Uh, or the image could be someone like yelling at you. Or the image could be straight up someone holding a gun and pointing at your face. Um, and, and so your, your objective in this training kind of program that they've built, and they teach the class, I'd encourage anyone to go take the class from them, um, but your objective is to look at this image and as quickly as possible decide what to do. And the, and the way they, they operated this is they ha- kind of have a series of different uh, choices. You know, So going to a gun and shooting it, for example, is just one of many options you might have. Uh, less lethal tool, you know, shine a flashlight, walk away, give a verbal command. I, I can't remember all the options and I don't want to give away all their juice. Um, but but the idea is that you're, you're putting yourself in an environment where you're trying to practice not just reaction to visual stimuli, but you're pairing that with also making a decision of what to do. So it's one mm-hmm. thing to say, when you see the green flash, uh, you know, draw the gun and fire it. It's another thing to say, when you see the green flash, Decide which of these seven things you're going to do and then do it. Um, so I think it's quite a clever uh, training program. And you can, I think you can just order the, the kit, you know, from their website for $100 or less, if I remember correctly, uh, and or you can go take a class from them. But it's, it's quite ingenious. And I think it's really clever. And it applies very directly to what we're talking about, to self-defense. So that's something I think would be a great example of not only training reaction time to a visual stimuli, but also adding to it um, the component of, of having to make a decision about what to do. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that does make things really interesting. So I was thinking about that in my own mind, how that would, would go. And it's one, it's one thing when we always go to the gun and, you know, something, you know, pops in front of us and we shoot it. But it's a whole nother level when I've got to go along and exercise that muscle between my ears to make a decision. Um, you know, there again, is it a big guy, a small guy, an old person, younger person, knife, gun? Are they holding a cell phone? Are they, you know, is it an old lady with an umbrella that, you know, she pulled out from underneath her coat? You know, just little things like that that you've got to be able to process um, effectively. Um, to a protect yourself and b not make a critical error in judgment mm-hmm. when it, when it comes to those and that's um, yeah. I like how you called it a muscle Rob because because it is I mean the brain is technically a muscle but but more speaking you know about you know the, the term as we use it right the term as we use it muscle uh, this is a skill that has to be developed over time you, we all know that some people in our lives are more de- decisive than others and so imagine if you're an indecisive person. And now we're asking you make a life-based decision, like life and death-based decision in, in microseconds or, or seconds. Mm-hmm. That's a tough ask. And so you training this muscle, you know, prep, teaching the brain how to make decisions quickly is a good idea. And I, I also like this program because it, it, it gives you the sense that I have options. 
right? Assuming I come prepared to the, to the confrontation, I have options, right? If I got my flashlight, I got my pepper spray and I got my gun and I got mm-hmm. my legs. Well, at least right there, I got at least four options. I can spray a light in your face. I can hit you with the, with the pepper spray or I can shoot you or I can walk and run away. So I really love that program of theirs. They use um, uh, the defensive uh, or the, uh, the training palm uh, pepper, pepper spray, which is, it's, it's the same product, but it's just loaded with water. Uh, so that no one's, you know, walking away from their class, unable to breathe for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very effective. And it's kind of cool to watch. Uh, I did not get to per- actually run through their class as a student, but I was an observer for an hour or so. And imagine students walking up to that table and, uh, you know, they, they walk up. They have no idea what's going to happen. The boom, picture gets dropped and they're like, uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes they grab the flashlight. Sometimes they grab the pepper spray. Sometimes they just walk off and sometimes they draw a gun and fire on the target. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, they get back in the, in the line again, and they're going to get another chance in a minute. And you have just no idea what's happening because you're just exercising two muscles. One, react to visual stimuli as quickly as possible. Then two, make a decision about what to do. So let's get off a little bit off of off the into the weeds from our topic of just visual stimuli. But I thought that was a good example. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going to look that up on their website and see what they've got because, uh, yeah, the uh, you know one of the things we've talked about in this this uh, podcast quite a bit is it's great to go along and have a you know quick split when it comes to shooting, quick trigger finger, all those. But we also have to develop that mind so that we can go along and do first aid, so we can go along and under and determine exactly what the best solution to a, to a problem is. You know, do we walk away, run away? Do we you know how how do we do things? Because those people that work with um, or play with guns and knives you know you've got to you've got to know how to treat the injury but you know even there going back and quoting one of our uh, early guests to the podcast is you know andrew bronca anytime that you're involved in a uh, use of force situation you have a greater than zero chance of becoming injured or you know uh, uh, getting dead worse Yeah. yeah worse yeah and then I even quote our guest from just a couple episodes ago, um, Brian Eastridge, when he says, you know, when you're involved in a violent confrontation, you got, you know, three, three things are going to happen. One, you know, you're, you're going to go along and get sued. Two, you're going to go along and go to the hospital. Or three, you're going you're to end up, you know, uh, get, uh, getting killed. And you go along and you think about it. And all of a sudden, you can have one or all three of those happen in the same day. And that's where, you know, avoiding and knowing when to avoid uh, a confrontation definitely makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so Rob, let me, t- let me talk a little bit about um, the range tech shot timer. Cause I think this is a really critical kind of component of this. And and now p- your listeners will understand that I'm slightly biased in this whole conversation because I, I, I got into understanding this and researching this idea of stimuli uh, when somebody made a comment to me, you see, I, I'm involved in the company, Range Tech, rangetechtimer.com. Uh, this is a Bluetooth-based shot timer that you know connects to a free app on your phone and you run the timer and stuff, okay? But here's the point. Um, the Range Tech shot timer is the only shot timer on the market with a visual go signal uh, component. So it, it, it's in addition to getting a beep, you also get a, a blinking green light and it's, it's synced with the beep. So, you know, the RO or the instructor hits the button or hits start on, from the app and you get the beep and the flashing green light at the exact same time. And I always thought of this as being something that's valuable for uh, hearing impaired students, which I, I run into those every once in a while. 
And, you know, the old technique of like, I'm going to hit this button and then tap on your shoulder is not very precise. So I thought, oh, this is cool. Like we have this new light that flashes on the timer. I can hang that down range a little bit or clip it onto a tripod or whatever it might be. And now my, my student that can't hear very well, you know, when I hit go, all the other students will hear the beep. He'll see that light and boom, we're off to the races. But when I started researching, you know, someone made a comment to me. So I started looking into this visual stimuli thing and I was like, oh, now we're talking because because now what we what we do is if you have a range tech shot timer you empower the instructor to still measure performance but with the visual stimuli so imagine this like if you're the instructor here's here's a challenge for anyone who's listening to this take a student out of the range and first establish the baseline we all know how, you know what what i mean right we're going to put them on the range and first i'm going to give them the beep i'm going to say okay we're going to you know we're going to do five draws to first shot and uh, we're going to do this from the beep. When you hear the, you know, the, the beep, you know, draw and fire, right? And we do that five times and we take an average. Let's say that that student's doing two seconds. That's pretty, yeah, not bad for a new student. Uh, then say, okay, now we're going to switch this up. I'm going to hang this. I'm going to clip this shot timer under this target stand down here. Probably not the one the student's shooting at. That's a good way to lose a shot timer. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going <laughs> to clip this on this, this, uh, this other target stand, you know, that's right next to it or something like that. Or, or I could hang it around a tripod that's, you know, kind of off to the side a little bit. Uh, but something in front of the firing line, obviously, in order for the student to see it. And now I'm going to say, hey, when you see the green light flash, I want you to draw and fire. Run them through that five times and take the average. The research says pretty assuredly that that average time is going to be slower than the other. But you've now established two separate and unique benchmarks. And if you take them through the next eight hours of your class and you only work off of auditory uh, stimuli – you're going to come back. And if you run both of those again, both will have improved for sure, because we don't just cut down, draw to first shot time uh, by increasing reaction time. We also do it by getting a better grip or clearing a garment faster and, you know, getting rid of other inefficiencies in the mm -hmm. draw stroke. But you will definitely see that their uh, reaction, that they're, 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 they will get a greater percentage of improvement off of the beep than they will off of the visual stimuli because you've been spending all day driving them and practicing them and running everything off of an auditory go signal. So it, it, I think that we need to get more balanced with our training. We got to figure out how to incorporate more of that visual stimuli. And, you know, thanks to the range tech Bluetooth shot timer of which, yes, I'm, I'll happily take a portion of your money if you go buy one. Um, but, but, but thankful to that shot timer, you now have a way to have a visual go signal and measure that timed performance. That's a good, good idea. I remember you talking about the range tech shot timer. I do have one of those, but, um, I had not taken to the range yet to do that. And, um, I'm going to write myself a note to actually do that. Cause there's a few, few modes there that, um, I can put it out there in front of me and practice it myself, um, with yeah. it or take or that if I'm by myself or take somebody along with me and, and we can both get tested on it because, uh, yeah, I'm sure those times will be a little different, be a little slower being visual, but at the same time, we've got to practice all those things. Yeah. And, and we should measure them because if we don't measure those things, we can't improve them. So yes, incorporate more visual stimuli, um, but also have a means by which you can measure the reaction and the performance off of that visual stimuli. Mm -hmm. Very cool. That is very cool. Okay. Well, hey, uh, Jacob, that's been a really good conversation with visual stimuli. But here's an important question, and you're getting hit cold with this because I forgot to ask you this beforehand. But what books are you uh, reading or websites are you visiting 
YouTube videos, things like that to improve yourself and your knowledge um, as an instructor, as, you know, just a business businessman over the last uh, year? Uh, so right now, I'm at the, read, the book I'm actually reading right now is The Complete uh, Sherlock Holmes. So I suppose that's not very, uh, very developmental, but I sure do enjoy a good Sherlock Holmes story, apparently. Um, but uh, the one that comes to my mind, uh, a book that I am, I am working my way through right now is called Never Lose a Customer Again. And it's all about creating a positive customer experience. Um, it's not a customer service book. It's more about uh, a customer journey book. And so that's been really helpful for me to just create a more positive customer experience with our customers. You know, I, I run a pretty high traffic uh, e-commerce website. And so we get a lot of customers. And so sometimes we forget to put ourselves in the, in the shoes of those people and understand their journey and their experience and figure out how to make it special, unique, or different and really stand out compared to all the other e-commerce websites on the internet selling gun stuff. So, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed that that book. Never, never lose a customer again. Okay, well, that's that. That is good, and um, I'm sure most instructors out there don't have the uh, high traffic that concealedcarry.com does. But at the same time, uh, we don't want to lose customers either, and uh, understand Ooh. the customer journey uh, too, and making it unique, special for that customer would be uh, something good for all of us. Yeah, very applicable to any business, any entrepreneur. Anyone who sells any product or any service at any volume or scale. Good. Well, where can people find more out about you? Uh, concealedcarry.com and uh, Range Tech Shot Timer. Where can people find more uh, more info? So concealedcarry.com, that one speaks for itself pretty readily. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the Range Tech Shot Timer can be found at Range Tech Timer. So R-A-N-G-E-T-E-C-H-T-I-M-E-R.com. I'm confident if you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, really good documentation on there and instructions. And, and now we're also, uh, we just added a media and reviews page. So if you want to go see what other industry professionals are saying about um, the timer, you're welcome to do that. So one thing we're really particularly excited for those of you who might be listening to this, um, Range Tech Shot Timer just added support for uh, practice score. So for, if you're a competitive shooter or a match director, um, this is a very affordable shot timer at 75 bucks a unit, and you can run a match and it will push the times directly into practice score, which removes potential uh, human error uh, when you're when you're working a stage. So pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, so those those would be places you can find out more about those those products. Super, super. And I will have links to those uh, products in our show notes so that everybody can look at those and don't have to be writing them down while they're driving. <laughs> Um, well, thanks again, Jacob, for coming on. And that's a wrap for this episode. We've got a few requests for our loyal listeners. Visit our sponsor, Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com. Check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage both for you and your students. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to the podcast at. Consider leaving us a review on iTunes and Google Play. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook. And do us a big favor and tell other instructors about our podcast. We are now in over 100 episodes, which is a really, really great point for us. But we want to go along and get more people out there listening to us and listening to the great information that we bring them every week. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Exercise your mind as much as you exercise your trigger finger, everyone. Stay safe. 
ConcealedCarry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.